But uh, do you hear what I hear? We are taking some lyrics from a, uh, a number of Christmas songs, and we're kind of unpacking that uh, theme, if you will, on, uh, on some of these and making messages out of them for all of us here. And uh, the title of this one comes from that old Christmas carol, Away in a Manger. And there's a line in that Christmas carol that says, Be near me, Lord Jesus. Be near me, Lord Jesus. And I thought today would be a good day to unpack that verse and that idea and that theme for you here today. And so I'm going to ask you to go to Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18, and we're going to go to verse 23. If you're able to, will you stand with me in honor of God's word as we read this together? Be near me, Lord Jesus. All right, starting in verse 18, it says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. Be near me, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, I ask you that whatever situation we might be in today, Lord, that you would remind us that you're near. Remind us, Lord God, that you're close. Remind us, Lord God, that you are Emmanuel, God with us. And I'll thank you for what you do today. In Jesus' name. And we all said amen. 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 You may be seated. You may be seated. So it's interesting that as the birth of Jesus, before he's even born, as the birth of Jesus is announced, uh, we have this promise about Jesus that we can cling to. And that's this, that Jesus is Emmanuel. Jesus is with us. Be near me, Lord Jesus. Be near me, Lord Jesus. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my spiritual journey where, um, if I can be honest with you, that maybe I have wondered, okay, Lord, are you, are you there? You ever ask God that question? Where are you, Lord? It seems like what's going on, I'm wondering, okay, are you even close here, Lord? Are you even here right now, Lord? And, and we've got this promise that he is Emmanuel, God with us. Be near me, 
Lord Jesus. This morning, I believe that we can confidently pray this prayer. Be near me, Lord Jesus, in some different situations. One thing about being in a church family like this is that we all go through stuff, don't we? We go through life. We go through difficulties. We go through battles. We go through the joys. We go through the heartbreaks. We go through the mountains and we go through the valleys together. And, and there are moments that we need to say, oh, Lord, in the midst of this situation, in the midst of this time in my life, God, I pray that you would be near me. And I'd like to uncover those today. So we're going to jump around a little bit uh, in the scriptures here today. And I want you to follow along with me. Here's the first time that I believe that we need to pray. Be near me, Lord Jesus. And that's in times of, number one, discouragement. When we are discouraged, we need to pray, Lord, be near me. Lord, are you still Emmanuel, God with us? Now, in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, God's kind of laying out his plan for Joshua. And God gives Joshua a similar promise that Joseph received when Joseph found out that he was going to do a little thing like be the father of the Messiah. All right? And so, Joshua, chapter 1, verse 9, take a look at what this says. Have I not commanded you? He's saying to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not... Be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. How many of you are thankful that the Lord will be with you everywhere you go? And and times I know, look, folks, the last year and a half um, has not always been encouraging. Would you agree with me? It can be very discouraging for many, many reasons. Not just a pandemic either. There have been things that have gone on uh, that that are basically a fruit of that, uh, of what we've been through. There there is um, anxiety. There's economic hardship. There is, uh, I mean, name it. There's so many things that are a product of this negative stuff that has taken place in our country, but even beyond that, maybe personally you've been hit by some kind of a battle, you've been hit by some kind of a hardship, and you find yourself at a point right now that you're not really excited about life, you're not really encouraged about life, but you're actually discouraged by something that you're facing right now. You're discouraged that maybe you're not where you want to be in your life right now. I want you to know that you actually have found yourself in some very good company of people in the scripture that were facing some overwhelming times. I'll point out two of them for you. I don't have them on the screen, but I do know this. People of God have times where they're on the mountain and they have times when they're in the valley. There was a man by the name of Elijah. Some of you might remember this from 1 Kings chapter 18. Elijah had this confrontation against the prophets of Baal. And he literally called down fire from heaven, and it consumed the sacrifice that was being laid at the altar there. After that sacrifice had been soaked with all kinds of water over and over and over again, fire from heaven comes. How many of you know you've had a good church service if fire from heaven comes in the midst of your prayer? Can you say amen? 
That is a good Sunday. So Elijah has this great experience. But then, after that, you will find in the next chapter that Elijah finds himself so depressed right after that, so discouraged, that he prays this faith-filled prayer. And I'll paraphrase it. God, I want to die. Wow. Somebody who was used so mightily can be so discouraged. I'm telling you, yeah. It can happen. It can happen. How about Jesus himself, the Son of God, who was so overwhelmed right before he was crucified that he prayed in the garden and there was a physical phenomena that took place where sweat drops of blood flowed down Jesus' face. It's an actual medical condition called hematidrosis where you are in such stress, you are in such agony, you are so overwhelmed that the blood vessels in your, on your head just burst and the blood pours like sweat. Some of us would not want Jesus or Elijah to be their pastor (laughs) because they had these low moments. All of us, we have low moments. They look different than others. They look different than other people's. But here's what I know. Here's what I know. It's at those times of fear, and discouragement that Jesus wants to remind you that he's near to you. And if you're discouraged today, understand that the Lord is with you. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Be near me, Lord Jesus, when I am discouraged. Can you say amen? Secondly, today, not only do I want to identify that he is near you when we are discouraged, but secondly, when we face discontent. When we're just not happy with life or our current situation, maybe even our financial situation. Look at the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 5. And don't miss this. The author of Hebrews says this. Keep your lives free from the love of money. Did you read that? Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, look at this, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. The Holy Spirit, boy, don't. See, here's the thing. The author of this verse is not having an ADD moment here where he says, okay, be content with what you have, and by the way, let me throw this in. He's with you. These two go together. These two go together. If you find yourself constantly wanting stuff, never being content with how much money you have, how much belongings you have. You always have to have something else, something different, something new all the time. You just got to have stuff. And, and then you need stuff to go with your stuff. And then you have to find a place to put your stuff that goes with your stuff. It's next to the stuff. 
And, and, and this verse tells us that if you have a love for money, and let, let's point out, Paul told Timothy that it's the love of money that is the root of all evil. Money itself is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. It is the love of having things, possessions, that will make us discontent. We'll never be happy. We'll never be happy. I got two cars, I need three. I got three cars, I need four. I've got one pair of shoes, I need... 27. <laughs> Husbands are like pointing at their wives right now. It's just awesome. <laughs> and we're never content. And, and, and the thing is, our American culture feeds that. Because you, you won't find that mentality in a third world country. They're, they're just glad to be alive, some of them. They're just, and, and by the way, by the way, that's why God is moving so much in third world countries and not in places like the United States and Europe. Why? Because we're so full of ourselves, there's no room for God. Oh. Did I say that? People ask, people ask me, how come people aren't demon-possessed all over the place in the United States like they are in other countries? And I'll say, well, it's simple. We're the devil's light work. We're possessed by ourselves. Oh, that was way better than what you're giving me credit for. I am preaching way better than you're amening. I know we're tired, folks, but hang with me here, okay? The Bible here in this verse is a powerful verse, it really is, because an acknowledgement of the presence of Jesus is the root of being content. Paul said this. Paul said in Philippians 3, I'm just going to quote it or paraphrase it. He said, I know what it is to be in plenty. I know what it is to be in want or in need. I've had a lot of money, Paul says, and I've had times where I've had none, but here's what I've learned. I've learned it at all times to be content. Why? Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I think what our culture desperately needs more than more stuff is a nearness to Jesus Christ. And the church, the church, if you've got nice stuff, I'm not saying that's bad, okay? Please, don't get me wrong. It's this lust and this love for things and money and property. Let's just remember that God will never leave us and he will never forsake us. And to be quite honest with you, that's enough. So that means he'll take care of all my needs. He'll take care of you. Well, I just, I, I, I don't like where I'm at. And, and, well, if, you're, if you don't like where you're at in life, he will never leave you. So let him take care of it. You know what I've learned? I don't know who this is for. Promotion comes from the Lord. Promote people who are always seeking another level of, of, of authority. Or, or let me tell you something. Let God bring you there. Don't campaign for that thing. Let God bring you there. Promotion comes from the Lord. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and then He will lift you 
up. So an awareness of the closeness of God is the opposite of a craving for money and materialism. Anybody that has a craving for money or materialism, I mean, you just got to have it. That tells me that you've got some work to do in your personal relationship with Jesus. Be near me. Be near me, Lord Jesus. Can you say amen? Number three, I think we need to pray this prayer not only when we're discouraged and not only when we're discontent, but also as part of our discipleship. As we grow in our walk with God, we need to find ourselves (laughs) praying, be near me, Lord Jesus. Because here's what I've learned in my life. Anytime I want to get stronger, there's usually some discomfort involved. A long time ago, I worked out a lot. Don't laugh. Just, so you're like, really, Bubba? Yes. Okay. And, and, and the phrase, no pain, no gain, okay, that's where it stems from. In fact, some of you are so sore today from lifting couches, walking 20 miles, uh, ju- just being on your feet all day, whatever you did. But you know what you did? You, you built up some muscle there too. And so there's some discomfort in there because you're getting stronger. Well, how many of you know that growing as a Christian and maturing and becoming stronger as a Christian, sometimes that will involve some levels of discomfort. We'll actually be taken out of our comfort zone. And Jesus will have to help us in that strengthening and in that healing process. The Lord said this in one of his final words when he was on earth, in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. He gave what we call the Great Commission. And here's what he said. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely, look at this, I am with you to the very end of the age. As we try to fulfill the commands of God, understand we need to be reminded that the Lord's with us. Let me put it this way. You cannot grow spiritually without Jesus. You cannot become a stronger Christian by your efforts only. You have to have the involvement of the Holy Spirit in your life. Some of us, we've got a lot of character, we've got a lot of willpower, we've got a lot of skills, but none of that is a replacement for the role that Jesus plays in our spiritual growth. Maybe for some of us in here, it is hard right now. You're at a place where it's challenging for you to obey God like you should. Maybe it's because of where you work. Maybe it's because of the people that are around you. Maybe it's because of some mistakes that you've made or some temptations that you face. You, more than anything, need to find yourself saying, Oh, Jesus, be near me. Be near me, Lord Jesus.
I'm thankful for those that made a decision for Jesus Christ this past weekend, aren't you? Isn't that great? But I'm going to tell you something. That is not the end. That is actually the beginning. Committing our life to Jesus Christ is not a finish line. It is a starting block. And we need Jesus every single day to be able to do the work and walk the walk that the Lord has called us to do. Can you say amen to that? So we need him. Jesus reassures us. He's with us as we try to obey him. You're not doing this alone. You're not doing this alone. He's got you. To as many as received him, the book of John says, to them he gave them the power to become the sons of God. He will give you the strength and the power that you need. Be near me, Lord Jesus. Finally today, I'm going to close with this. We need to pray, be near me, Lord Jesus, in times of disaster. When things get rough. I've been here, uh, in fact, this week, uh, 21 years this week, I've been the pastor of this church. And, oh, thank you, both of you. I appreciate that. No, no, it doesn't count now. It doesn't count now. Fishing for that applause. (laughs) Oh, man, I just killed a good moment. Disaster. So I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot standing here. I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of things uh, take place. I've seen a lot of situations walk in. I've seen a lot of people in in two decades. And here's one thing that breaks my heart: that I've seen people that have faced disastrous situations personally, and they chose at that moment to distance themselves from God. And they're no longer sitting in any of these chairs. In fact, they're not sitting in any church right now. Not even serving God. And it didn't happen overnight. It was gradual. Until Jesus was no longer a significant part of their life. The book of Isaiah, God gives this promise to the people of God. In Isaiah 43, verse 2, he says this. When you walk through the waters, I will be with you. I will be with you. Be near near me, Lord Jesus, when I walk through the waters. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Some of us, we've been through some stormy, windy, fiery moments where it seemed disastrous. And it's at those times that we cannot afford to distance ourselves from God. In fact, I will tell you, those are the moments that we have to say, oh, Lord, in my disaster, in the fire, in the water, in the difficulty, be near me, Lord Jesus, because you promise that when I go through the waters, you will be 
there. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Be near me, Lord Jesus. Some of you today, you might be facing disaster today. You might be facing trouble today. You might be facing the water. You might be facing the storm. You might be facing the fire. This is the day to pray the prayer, be near me, Lord Jesus. And you will find that he never left you. Do you remember when the disciples were in the boat and the storm came? And they called out to Jesus. Do you remember what he was doing? Sleeping. Jesus was a napper. And that's why I'm taking a nap today. Because I want to be like Jesus. (laughs) Jesus was sleeping. Now, I don't think Jesus was doing what they wanted him to do at the moment. The storm's going by, the wind's blowing, the waves are high, the water's sweeping over the boat, and they looked at Jesus, and there he is, snoozing. He's not standing in the boat and with his spotlight from heaven saying, Peace be still. Not yet. Not yet. He was sleeping. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Did Jesus leave? See, we know he could walk on water. He already did that trick, okay? So he could just say, bye, guys, you know? But he didn't. He didn't. He, he never left. Hear this. Jesus may not be doing what you want him to do, during your storm, but he hasn't left. He hasn't left. He hasn't left. And you might be facing some stuff right now. He's there. He's there. Well, why isn't he doing this? I don't know. Why was he sleeping during a storm? He's a hard sleeper, that Jesus is. But all I know is that he never left. Never left. And that financial hardship that you're facing, he never left. That you're facing now, he's still there. That physical battle that you're going through that you don't understand, that you don't like, he hasn't left, he's still there. He's never left to you. So we can confidently pray, even in our times of disaster, be near me, Lord Jesus. Be near me. He is Emmanuel. God with us. Today, if you need to pray that prayer, he's just a prayer away. Thank you, Lord. Can we stand? Let's all stand. Jonathan, can you help me? Hallelujah. Be near me, Lord Jesus.
Why don't we just lift up that prayer to the Lord right now, right where we're at? Can we do that? Just right where you're at. If you're facing disaster, I want you to just pray, be near me, Lord Jesus. Just cry out to him right now. If you're trying to grow as a, as a Christian, as a child of God, and, and it's been tough for you, would you just pray that prayer, be near me, Lord Jesus. Help me, Lord God. Maybe your desire for other things has overtaken your desire for God. You become discontent. Would you just say, be near me, Lord Jesus. Or maybe you are just incredibly discouraged today. Would you just say, be near me, Lord Jesus. Can we just do that right now? Let's lift up our voices, our hands, our hearts to him and say, Lord, be near me now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Be near me, Lord God. You could take me through this mess. You could take me through this battle. You could touch my family. You can heal my body. You could sustain me until you do. Lord, you've got the answer. You always have. God, I might not know what's going on, but you do. I may be confused, Jesus, but you're not. Be near me, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Emmanuel. God with us. Hallelujah. I wonder today, who can I pray for today? Who can I pray for today? Just with a simple upraised hand, you'll say, I need that nearness to Jesus today. I need him just to remind me that he's there. Hands are going up. Are there others? I just need, I need to know that. I need to know that. Hallelujah. As an act of faith, I need that. I need that. I need that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't we pray for one another before we go? Can we do that? And if the Holy Spirit's leading you to pray with somebody, would you just do that right now? Just, just right now. Maybe take someone by the hand or, or put your hand on their shoulder or walk next to somebody and just pray. Lord God, we ask you right now. We ask you right now that your Holy Spirit would touch those that need to be reminded that you're there. Be near us, Lord Jesus. Lord, at the beginning of your life and at the end of your life, we are promised that you'll be with us. So, God, we need to be reassured now in the middle of our lives that you're with us. So, Lord, I ask you that you would just move in your people. Be near us, Lord Jesus. Touch our, hand, uh, our, our families, our homes. Touch our jobs. Touch our schools. Touch our financial situations. Touch our bodies. Give us peace, Lord God. Restore what the enemy has tried to break. God, I pray for freedom from anything that controls us other than you. So I pray that you would set people free. Set people free, whether that be from addiction, whether that be from, a, from just a, a critical spirit, or maybe from anxiety or fear. God, I pray that you would just free your people. For he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Be near us, Lord Jesus. Be near us, Lord Jesus, I pray. We're going to open up our altars, and if you want to spend some time praying to the Lord, we're going to invite you to do that. Jonathan's going to sing that song that we sang earlier, Emmanuel. And we're just going to spend some time in the presence of God. When God has uh, finished with you, you can consider yourself dismissed this morning. But if you want to stay and pray and ask the Lord to be near you even more, then 
Let's do that today. So, Lord, I pray for a blessing on our people. God, that you would do a great work. And we'll thank you in your precious name, Lord. In your precious name. Amen.